Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, on I Work Ram every day, we try to tackle subjects that will challenge you in your walk with the Lord to try to give you a unique perspective into other people and how they're incorporating their faith into their workplace. Today will be no different, but we kind of turn the tables on Luke and Dave. A couple weeks ago, while Martha and I were out on our marriage retreat cruise, Luke brought in D- Randy. Dave took a vacation day. Rant. Yeah, what was that, Dave? Not, not a vacation. Dave I was, was on, so I was holding down the office. <laughs> did it involve a did it involve a metal stick and a little white ball? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dave took a vacation day, and Luke and Randy tackled the subject. We're going to replay this show someday. They took they tackled the subject. Luke, you had a fun conversation with Randy yeah. about wills, trusts, estates, and. Try the other thing you threw in there. I just listened to it yesterday, but you really dealt with the fact that death, death leaves behind a lot of mess when it came, comes to probate. And you yeah. guys talked about how to eliminate that yeah. and avoid it. And it was a great conversation. I mean, yeah. it, and, and listen, if people missed that conversation, they needed to go back. That was February nineteenth show, if I remember right. correctly. Right. Well, yeah, the, the, remember, the, up, almost eighty percent of American adult Americans, uh, none of uh, almost eighty percent do not have a will. So there's no one speaking on their behalf when they're gone. Well, wasn't it even more powerful than that, Luke? 80% included who? 
<laughs> I knew you were going to ask this. I almost didn't bring this up because the next question was, have you done yours yet? And as I was getting ready for work this morning, I was like, I just need to go start it so I can say on the air today. Yeah, I got it. I'm, I'm working on it. I've got things going. Just say it out but, loud for accountability's sake. I do not have it done, but Dana is listening, and uh, Riley's listening, Giovanni's listening. Hi, kids. Love you guys. Love you, Dana. Love you. Uh, no, you don't. If one has in, in a Christ. family and children, they need a will. No, Period. it doesn't matter if you have a family or children. If you're leaving behind anybody, you need to have a will. That's true. You don't, so, want, you don't want to destroy your family, your greater family. We, we, yeah, it's 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 uh, number one on my list. <laughs> We've got some great estate so attorneys. We've we so got bad. some great estate attorneys. No, we really do. That. Yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, we, we have a few that we recommend as well. And that's what we were telling people to do last week is don't, you know, don't wait. We have people would call us because we want to get you pointed in the right direction. And we gave out our number a bunch of times. Uh, the phones when we got back to the office were overwhelmed. And, no, I'm just kidding. They were not. So uh, they were not. There's a lot of people like me. You know, they they heard it. They were probably inspired. They were motivated, but never took that next step. So anyway, let's get a great American pastime: procrastination. (laughs) It'll get you every time. Oh man. Okay. Wow, you're just full of one-liners there. That's that's good. All right. So yes, but it was really a great conversation, Luke. And I, I love the fact that you and Randy brought it up. And it was. It doesn't matter where we are in our walk with the Lord. We all want to take care of our families. We never know when we're going to go, yeah. and we just need to get the get it done. And the estate attorneys, here's the deal. We're not going to give them free advertising because they can all afford to advertise on this show. In fact, we'd love to have some of them. But Luke and I and Dave, we all know good quality estate attorneys, and we can hook you up. All you yeah. got to do is just contact me, Jim at iWorkForHim.com or Luke at BelairWealthManagement.com. Don't, don't email Dave. He doesn't return emails. <laughs> okay. He does. It I'm not arguing. A couple months. <laughs> hey, did I reply to this one? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Emails. What was it you said this the last time you were in here? It, it, it is. Um, I was just thinking yeah, that. Yeah, I think it is. I, no, I think it is. Last time you were in here, you said, well, well, it, I, I look at my Gmail all day long. Well, that's not your personal. That's your personal email. You, you, you look at your Gmail, but you don't look at your Bel Air Wealth Management one as often. So, true. <laughs> so your point you is? You need an assistant. Your point is? You need an assistant. Somebody, I have one. That's her job. She looks at them if it's really important or past So news, the ones that are from me or Luke, those <laughs> yeah, aren't important. Okay, probably. <laughs> and Pam mentioned me, your bride mentioned me the other day that you never return her emails either. Well, once in a while, she talks to me instead of emails. Yeah, well, that's good. They, yeah. Old school. That's how my dad is. Old school. He, he, you know, he's... It's old school. It's okay. It's what, a, talking it, that on the is phone a, is old school? That's a great thing. That's a, I, I, I appreciate that now more than ever. What, having a phone conversation? Than a text or well, a Snapchat or, you know, it's Just Just wait till your daughter has oh, she, a boyfriend. Well, and then you say, well, I'm talking to my boyfriend. No, you're texting him. No, we're I, talking. No, you're texting. That's not talking. Yeah, they got apps for that. They FaceTime and it's Uvu and, you know, so they, they see Careful each other. Careful the words talking. you say on the show. Uvu. Luke, I'm Maybe you got to use a 10 second blocker on him, Ace. <laughs> Is that a French word? I don't, I don't know. You tell me. It's, it's, hey, we're going to have a conversation today with you guys. About, I, got some, I got some really heady questions for oh, you. Yeah. We're getting right after the break. But then we're going to talk about the questions people should be asking as they're interviewing their financial advice. Right. You're not going to text them, are you? Are you going to text them? Talk about no, I'm sending you an email, buddy. <laughs> okay. I'm sending you an email. I'm going to text them to Luke. The okay. rest of us are going to okay. use the phone. Yeah. Here's the deal. I don't know how you can deal with a financial advisor that isn't a Christ follower. Because if they don't have eternal perspective, 
then how can they help you? How, if they don't understand how the Lord wants you to handle money, how can they really help you? Because, listen, you're stewards of the money that God has given you. How are you handling it? And some other people may say, hey, well, you know, it's all yours. You do with it whatever you want. She's like, no, no, no. Here's the bottom line. Luke and Dave are going to help you remember, hey, none of it's yours, but you're a steward. Here's how we can help you. Here's how you got to handle it. So I promised Luke and Dave some tough questions. Mm. Oh. Before we get into this conversation, and these are ones that have been posed to me, they said, Jim, we think you should take it up a notch. Instead of just asking the question, tell me how Christ is making a difference in your life today. Uh-oh. Here's the question <laughs> for you. I didn't get that Wait, in advance, did you? Um, no, I didn't. No, actually, but here it comes. Okay, go no, on. No, that's it's right, probably, you didn't. probably emailed. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one was... <laughs> wow, he threw that one right back, didn't he, Luke? He did. He's a little bitter He's about quick. that, I think. He's quick. You know, Dave, if it wasn't true, it wouldn't hurt so much. <laughs> hey, look, it doesn't hurt. Can I break good. in one second? This is off topic. I will say, uh, Dave Cruz does move very quickly for an older gentleman. I, and he used to spank you oh, quite a bit. in racquetball. No, this is in no, ping pong. Oh. Ping pong. Have you ever beat me in ping pong? I, yeah, of course. If I've ever played you, I've beaten you. Oh, <laughs> Listen, hey. oh no. Hey, the next show he with Luke and Dave in. and Dave and Luke, but not Randy, we're going to do the show at my house with he, a ping pong table. He turns into something out of this world. Like when he goes for this okay, crazy so spike. So on Saturday, before we leave to go to wherever we're going to that wedding. So you have a ping pong table? Yes. So I'd like you to show, you guys drive. That'd be better. Right, your guess. You good. got that car that's gets good. 88 miles to yeah, the gallon. Show up at half problem. an hour early. We're playing ping pong for half an hour before we go. Okay. Okay. Right, so that sounds think, good. Because I think we have to leave it like, I, aren't we going to like Bartow? No, further I, than Bartow. Yeah, that's the other side of the state someplace. <laughs> so, All right. All right. So there we go. Sorry. Did you want to say hi to your kids because they went I in did. the car? Yeah. So Riley, if you're Snapchatting, I'll give you about two seconds to get this on. So I'd like to say hello to my beautiful wife, Dana, my daughter, Riley, and my son, Giovanni. Love you guys. That's so sweet. Dave, that Dave nice. do you want to say hi no, to my, No, I'll text them. <laughs> Email him. <laughs> You're gonna text him. All right. Oh, oh! Your grandkids don't text yet. All right, they're gonna though soon. Your oldest grandchild. Two of them do. Yeah, two of them do. do how, how old are they? Seven and five. And they're texting you. Yes. They have phones. Certainly. At seven We're and in five. We're in America. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. You're kidding. No. no You're not kidding. No. I'm not for sick. certain a seven-year-old. Giovanni's sure eight, he, he or almost eight. He can text from his iPad. There, you know, there there are ways. So if they have, you know, they don't have to have a phone. Well, they can have like an older phone from the parents, and it's connected through their iTunes. They they can text. They can't get a bunch of stuff, but you know, so it's fairly regulated. Just wait. <laughs> no, wait, wait. No, grandkids. My grandkids are older than wait. your grandkids. My grandkids are. What do you mean? I, my grandkids are eleven and twelve. All right. So listen, as an image bearer, listen to the question closely, Dave. As an image bearer of God, how does your work reflect some aspect of God's work? God's God's creation on earth. I don't. Where's that going? <laughs> but, but as an uh, image bearer of God, how does your work reflect some aspect of God's work? So how well, are you working? Okay, that's a, that's a that's a neat question. And here it is. You know, God is a creator. And when he created things, when he created all things, including man, he created them with a plan and a design in mind. I mean, that's one of the bases for us believing in creation. You look at DNA and you know he designed it. And he designed everything beautiful. And he designed everything good. But, and when it comes to our finances, the same thing. He has, he has created a plan for each of us. And uh, I guess it's our, our job just to discover what his plan for us is. And, and it's our job as financial advisors to uncover that plan for our clients. 
Isn't that cool? That was a good answer, too. Ah. <laughs> so, so, Luke, how does your work give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of the world? These are really deep questions. I'm going to surface it by saying, and, and maybe this isn't where the question was going, but... Well, I'll repeat it. How but, does your work give you a unique yeah. vantage point into the right. brokenness of the world? Well, it's with what we do, we, we sometimes hear things we don't necessarily need to hear, want to hear, TMI, you know, it's too much information. But it's information that we're, it's going to help us and get to know our clients better, more intimately. Um, you know, there is a statistic out there that across all marriages, and it's not just in the church, outside the church, but over 50%, the, re- the reason for divorce is usually financial hardship within the, within the home. So we're, you know, we're dealing with people on a daily basis. So we get into that life and we want to know our clients intimately. And, and, and at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, we, we are going places where we probably wouldn't necessarily go. But as your advisor, we should go there um, yeah. because, yeah, because we can help direct your paths. And that's kind of, you know, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. it says, uh, you know, if you've heard the saying, if you fail to plan, you plan, plan to fail. And in 15, Proverbs fifteen twenty two, it tells you to seek godly wisdom. Plan, uh, uh, sorry, plans fail because of, of the lack of godly wisdom right. in, in and, someone's and, life. And another aspect of that, if you go a step further, the Bible also says God created good works for each of us to do. So he's, he set out good works for us to accomplish in our lifetime. However, what if, what if financially you can't carry out that good work because you, you can't financially do it? What a shame that would be if he had a good work for you to support a missionary or to go on a mission trip, but, but you're sitting there saying, you know, I didn't plan this properly. I don't have the finances to do it. So laying those out and helping people through those times and making sure their finances are in order is part of our, part of our gift. See, those were good questions. Wow. They created a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty neat. What were you going to say, Luke? Well, I was just, there's, th- there's three scriptures that I kind of feel, and I've, I've really been hitting on these the last few times. And last last week, you probably heard them. I told people to get their pen and papers down. Yep. These are, these are really quick. These, paper, these, are, right? these are quick one-liners. These are, these are scriptures that in your workplace, when you're talking to people at the water cooler, and they, and they, they see a difference in you. Why do you work so hard? You know, our, our, you know the company's blah, and the, the, the boss is a pain. And remember, Colossians 3.20c is it whatever you do. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work hard as if you're working for the Lord and not for man. Matthew 7.12, you know, if you want your boss to treat you better, remember that verse, uh, Matthew 7.12, treat others how you want to be treated. And then go one step further, Galatians 6.7, if you want good work and you want to be rewarded at work, it tells you you reap what you sow. It's all in our hands, and I hope that people will write those down and, and memorize those. I, I can't remember the real long ones. Those are perfect for me. Those are something that I can remember in my sleep, and um, you know, I, hopefully most people will write those down and listen back to the show. And Colossians 3.23, Matthew 7.12, and Galatians 6.7. And then finally, again, Proverbs 15.22, you gotta, you got to seek godly wisdom, or your plans will somehow fail. That's Scripture. That's not Luke. That's not Lukeism. That's a proverbism. <laughs> yes, it has a word today, and they all tie back to Matthew six twenty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So, so life is order. God created the earth in order. We'll put Him first, and He will put us first. That is the best conversation we've ever had on this show with spiritual content. Just so you, with the three of us together. Right, in the same. That's awesome. That's good. That's Hallelujah. good. Wow. 
And well, hopefully else, somebody else someone will feels that That's way. That's good, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. All right, we're talking today with Luke and Dave, and Dave and Luke, but not Randy from BelairWealthManagement.com. Randy's back. Somebody's got to be working. He and Christine holding down the fort, I imagine. They're from Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at BelairWealthManagement.com. We're talking today about the questions you should be asking your advisor, and I'm trying to give you a, a picture, a window into Luke and Dave and why you should be working with them, because these guys, they really love the Lord, they love their families, and they want to help you do the same thing by being great Christ-centered wealth advisors. So let's start off with the number one question mm-hmm. that they should ask you. And, and, and it's not on your list. Okay. The question should be, why should I use you as my financial advisor? More importantly, the question that we will ask them at the same time is... is um, so you avoid the question, you move on to asking them a question. No, no. <laughs> in, in our business, one of the things we have to do by law is get to know your client. Mm. So the first that's thing... the fiduciary the, side of a, being a, an advisor versus sure. a commission broker. Right. So, so even before we get into that, our purpose in sitting down with them is to get to know them intimately. Uh, if we don't know them as a client, as a person, as a fellow Christian, then we're not doing our job and we're not going to accomplish our joint goals if we don't know them. Well, you're saying you, you got to understand who they are so that yeah, you can understand exactly. how to advise them, understand their risk tolerance, things like that. Exactly. So answer my question. You still didn't answer my question. You had, you, had, you came back with I'm doing question. the politician thing. Well, you know? here, here. Well, we I'll, had a conversation I'll, I'll about politicians because... on, two, on Monday. Did you guys catch the Leap Day show? No. You, you missed the Leap Sorry. Day show. No, that's no. my BSF day. I was. It's on at 3 o'clock. Three, BSF three is at 6.30. Oh. <laughs> you, uh, my, as my daughter would say, you just got neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Luke? Uh, well, I would just say, you know, if they're a believer, if, if, the, if, the, if the client that we're talking with is a believer, they're going to understand Colossians 3.23. They're going to understand why do you want to do business with someone like this? Well, I'm not necessarily, yes, I work for you, right? But my, my, my most important employer is God himself, so the Lord himself. So Colossians 3.20 I'm working hard for God and not necessarily for you, but by a result of that, I'm going to be doing the best job possible. All right, we're talking with Luke and Dave from Bel Air Wealth Management. Right here on I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We're having a conversation, just trying to, at first, we just asked these guys some tough questions about how their job reflects the work of the Lord and how their job gives them a unique perspective into the brokenness of our world. And they answered those questions already. So, Can I jump in here real quick? It's all about you. Well, of course it. Well, you know, I, just as you were talking and, and we were talking, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, because um, a lot of people do already have advisors, and I understand it's not, it's, it, you know, me being in the business a little bit uh, far less than Dave and understanding my background is we've always had deadlines, we've always had timelines to work against. So I understand that uh, it, if you have a current advisor and making that transition or that switch, um, you know, is, is a hard thing to do, especially if you like the person. But, I, you know, taking it a step next is, is there, I don't know why this came up, but is there, do you think there is a perceived premium working with a non-believing financial advisor versus one that's, uh, you know, that loves God, that loves Christ? You know, is there some some stigma out there maybe with a, 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 a an advisor who is a non-believer, who has he's done well, he's got a good relationship, he's a nice guy, versus, you know, someone like Dave and I who love the Lord, who love our family, who are going to treat you right, who are going to make sure that you're going down the right path? And is that sometimes, a uh, you know, uh, something that's blocking someone from making a transition to even talking to us? 
I certainly hope not. I would hope not, but I'm just curious. I, I, I would think a... I would think not. Although one, one thing that um, I think people do get confused with is the success of an advisor. Mm. I mean, if you look at the guy who's got a five million dollar mansion on the beach, and you think he must be a great advisor, mm. well, he's a good salesman. He may not be doing a thing for his clients. That's so, so don't get that confuse the, the worldly that's trappings the stigma. right yeah, okay the that's wor- that worldly perceived. trappings that, right but that's a perception in our industry and it's yeah. unfortunate that people have that perception because oftentimes the opposite is true that's a good well point. I, you know they drive fancy cars they live in fancy houses they got fancy wives they got a boat <laughs> fancy wives what's, that? I don't, what's a fancy wife look like <laughs> My wife's kind of fancy, but I wouldn't say... Let's go someplace else. (laughs) (laughs) They got a boat. Yeah, I know. I just just stepped into that one. I'm not not saying anything else. Let's go a different place. Moving right along. All right. So, listen. It is serious, this question. And, And... Sure, are there financial advisors out there that aren't Christ followers that do a good job? Absolutely. Absolutely. But how... Can you, the FCC just called, really, tell them uh, they can talk to me after the show. We didn't say anything about that the FCC would be concerned about. The, you know, what we've got to keep focused on is the fact that you guys as Christ followers yeah. can understand the Lord's perspective on money. Yes. And the fact that, and there may be people that, that come to you and say, well, I'm a Christian, but it's all about me. It's all about my money. I'm not sure those are clients you want. True. Yeah, I mean, no, that's, the, that's the other side. Right. It's got to see. It's got to be symbiotic. You know, it's got to be symbiotic. We got. You have to be able to trust, and that's where, you know, when we go through. I think a lot of these questions after we get through them Are today. We get started. Yeah. With them? Yeah. Well, we're not, we yeah. Should. Sorry, I did hijack the show. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we are going to get through these, and I think that once we get through them, people will have a, a more a, a greater understanding and appreciation for how we, how we like to get our know our clients. Yeah. Okay. So these are questions that they should be asking. That the advisor should be asking you, as if I'm the customer. These are the questions that, that the advisor should be asking me. That's is that what they are? Yeah, I mean it's it's really it's a, it's kind of the, to get to know the situation. You know, if you're a client out there and you do not have a retirement, or maybe you have retirement, but you've got some extra money. You know, everybody has extra money right now, right? Are we saving on gas or what? Yeah, well, until yesterday when it jumped twenty two cents. Well, you know, we're it's still, still cheap. you know, yeah, still, still cheap. I mean, you're on on a, on a car with a twenty gallon tank. We were at three dollars. We were at almost four dollars a gallon. So if you take even just two dollars at twenty, that's what is that? Forty bucks. Forty bucks for every time you fill up. People that drive back and forth to Tampa, that's once a week. It's one hundred and sixty bucks a month. You, 160 bucks a month is almost two grand that's a, a year. That's another car payment. You no, know, I mean, you could get a new car for that. Well, that's the problem. No, let's for 160 let's, bucks. That's not what we're trying. We're trying to teach people to take their savings and invest it. We're trying to teach people, hey, if, if you bought a, a three hundred dollar something or other from uh, well, j- just a company, and then you returned it and you got that three hundred bucks, you already were living without it anyway. If you don't need it, invest it. You know, take these opportunities. You're saving on gas. You know, you're saving at, at different things. Start investing that. Start making things happen. Even if you have a retirement account, let us help build that for you. And that's that's what we want to get across today. All right. So ask some of these questions. You got five seconds. We're that's five seconds. <laughs> okay. Now you got now you have four. How comfortable are you? No, I mean really, is that how all comfortable we have? or confident are you with your current financial situation? That's a great question, just to get right. people started. Right. Yeah. The idea behind that is we want to know, you know, how you feel today. You know, and and, and there, there, you could be a secretary sitting behind your desk, and you earning the, you know, the minimum for what you do in your career, and you might be one hundred percent content today. 
But we're trying to get you to, you know, if you're a secretary and, and you're in your, your late 20s, early 30s, and everything's great, and we're trying to get you to think to that 20-year, that 30-year target that's really hard for people like that to even look towards. They don't so call that, them secretaries that, that, anymore. Right. No. What are they? Administrative, administrative assistants. assistants. That's true. That's a good point. Office manager. We give them great titles. All right. We're talking to David. Luke we're and Dave. Tremendous and Dave. things. That's right. We're talking tremendous. about Luke. I'm going to just try to close out this segment. <laughs> talking about Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke, but not Randy. He's back at the He's back at the, uh, he's at the mansion today. The uh, well, He's back at the office. That's where he's at working because these guys are sitting on the air with me right here. And I work for him. Thanks so much to Ace Andrews. He's had to actually get out of his chair five or six times today. Just so he could see over Dave's head, so he could tell well, me it's time about me. He's getting, he's well, he's just blocking the view, and so Ace has had to get up and die. He's getting exercise today. You know, and we're stretching him. Okay, so you ask the question: How comfortable and confident are you with your current financial situation? So you start off the question just asking people: Hey, are you satisfied with where you're at? Exactly. Yeah. Really, we want to get them talking. We we want to find out what's underneath the surface because you know, get into some of these questions like. Uh, what level of risk do you feel most comfortable with? People do not know how to measure their own risk until the time comes. I mean, we've had... That's a good point, yes. They'll, right. they'll say, yeah, no, I, I can I'm take good the with risk. That. I'm, I'm good with being down 15% if I can make 20% in the long term. Well, when it happens and you get a pullback like we just went through, yeah. it's a little different story. That, that risk tolerance goes down a little bit. I thought I was good with a 15%. Uh, pull back, but yeah. but when it happens, it it's a little bit different when you live through it. I would agree. I mean, I would absolutely agree. I would always think I was a pretty high risk yeah, kind of right, guy, right. and then it went through the pullback in '99, yeah, yeah, yeah. pullback in you know 2001, the pullback in 2008. I'm tired of pullbacks. And I'm, so, I'm yeah, ready for, let's go forward. So suddenly in 2009, you're you're down 30 percent, and you think, man, get me out. And that's when people sell at the bottom, and it happens. Just about every recession we go through or every pullback. When that's really the time to buy. That that's is the, exactly the right. time to buy. We've hit that on a show before. That's yep. that yeah. psychology of investing. Oh, he's going to start talking about those yeah. mental the reptile, the reptile reptilian, reptilian. The reptilian. <laughs> reptilian. Hey, you guys learned something from that All show. All I can remember is okay? the reptilian thing, and I'm thinking, Luke, what happened to you? Okay. <laughs> reptilian brain. That's, that's that defense mechanism. Well, so, so these are anyway. questions you're going to ask your customers, right? Uh, your potential clients. How comfortable or confident? are you with the current financial situation what things would you like to change why is that an important question well <laughs> first of all if they didn't want to change they just leave things as they are they that goes back to, to procrastination exactly they you're be comfortable to not doing anything a lot of people are comfortable not doing anything is that the best thing to do absolutely not so what things would you like to change opens up a new conversation what what how would you like to look five years from now compared to today? I'd like to look here's skinnier. A, here's a for example. We, that everybody, could you know, everybody relates better to for examples, right? So an example would be a client. So who uh, who for a longer period of time, maybe she's with an, maybe they or forget the the male female, they're with he another or he or she, or, or they're with another advisor now, and they maybe they haven't looked at their portfolio in a while, and they're just kind of expecting the advisor to, to be the eyes and ears for them. That's what we are paid to do. But if you do have an advisor that's kind of that, that maybe bought you into some mutual funds four or five years ago, they earned a, you know they earned your commission way back then, and now you're just in their system, this kind of floating. Long, um, we come in and we're going to look at the portfolio and say, "Hey, you know, once once we're through our conversations, is how much longer do you plan on working? 
You know, because right here, your portfolio, you're you're highly, you're you're very, you're highly exposed to equities. You know, you might want to, if you're retiring in a year, which you just said you were, you might want to pull that back. You know, one example would be someone that had just maybe two stocks in their portfolio, and that's retiring within a year. That does happen, yes. It does happen. So they have two stocks in their portfolio, and they're retiring in a year. Do you think that's a very smart decision? Most clients, and this is why we ask, would you like to see some things change? We're going to get to know them when we're talking about these questions, how confident you are. You know, if you're retiring in a year, you shouldn't have your portfolio made of two two stock picks in a money market. That is not an effective portfolio as someone nearing retirement because – that's a lot of risk. You're putting a lot of eggs in just two stocks of two companies that if something catastrophic happened, it's... No know. matter how good you think they are. Right, absolutely, because no one, no one is promised tomorrow. We see it all day long. Um, but you know, that's kind of the idea. That, that's, that's where we're getting at when we're asking these questions. What would you like to see things change? We're going to help. We're going to hopefully identify some areas that we might recommend making changes, like which is what we've done in this situation. So, the, you know, one of the ones I see that's coming up that's a really good one is what do you hope to accomplish financially within the next year or two or five or 10 or 25? I mean, in my financial plan, I want when I get to retirement age, you know, sometime between 65 and 70, I don't know if I'll be done on the radio or not. I mean, good grief, that's a long time from now. But I want to make sure that it's my not portf- that long, Jim. It's really close for you, isn't it, Dave? That's right. I got a bun- another buddy of mine. His uh, birthday today is, uh, he's turning 67. So I'd like to say happy birthday to my good buddy, Lee. Happy birthday, Lee. 67. Um, okay, so yeah, it's not that far away. But it's not like 70s old anymore. But I want to make sure my portfolio is going to enable Martha and I to continue to do the ministry stuff that we really like to do. I, I want to make sure that we're getting that done. Exactly. I mean, that's really what's important to us. I want to be able to keep running, but I don't want to have to work so much. And that, that's why we ask those questions. We, we've got someone right now, um, you know, who, who does really, really well. They've got a business that they that, that could be for sale. And, and part of the proceeds of, of this business is that they want to be able to support a missionary. Um, you know, you, we remember meeting yes. with them at the coffee shop. Yeah. So, you know, there are some different things. And that, that's why we ask these questions, because it's not all about us. So we have we kind of have the easy job. We have the interview job and then the management side. But you've got to We've got to be able to help you identify what how you are today, how comfortable you are today, what your financial goals are and needs are. And then in the next, you know, depending on your age, how near how close your we call it your investment time horizon. What are your earning years until you want to reach retirement? And then that's what we build your plan. We try to help piece it all together for you. So, okay, the next one, I mean, but do people really know when you ask them the question, hey, um, you're going to, you're wanting to retire, or you've got to, do people really have a plan for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years? I mean, people really know how to answer that question? People are all different. Some, some obviously do, and some most probably do not think that far ahead. But uh, every once in a while, I come across somebody that has their life pretty well planned out, and it's kind of neat to watch. It's kind of neat to see what 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 they're thinking down the road. Um, what are some of the funniest answers you get from people when you ask them that question? Wow. Do you ever get people? Good question. Yeah, good, good that, question. That, that's, that's yeah, what you get. Wow. I don't know. You know. You know. I I think for speaking on my my. I mean, a little bit newer in the business, but speaking on my own behalf was yeah. Like when we we met with this this great uh, successful business owner who who may at some point be in a position to take some of the proceeds and invest that in an account that specifically is just to fund a missionary. I think that's 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 using God's gifts that He's given you for His glory and His kingdom, and I think that's something unique and that's that's exciting. That's something that we'd love to do. 
Hey, I'd like to thank Yvette and Julie for calling him to get the books today. And Yvette, yesterday, joined the I Work for Him Nation. So Yvette, thank you so much for joining the nation, making that commitment to pray for your coworkers and employees. And thanks for calling in today on the show, getting you a copy of Your Money Counts. We'll get those things out. What's Yvette's and, last name? I can't say that on the air. That would not be inappropriate. That would not be appropriate. Okay. Well, I'll tell you off the air, though. Is that okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. But she's from Palmetto, if that helps. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So what what concerns do you have with your current investment? I imagine some people Uh, have That could be advisor, too. That could be advisor, not just your investment. Uh, Yeah. Good point. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, hey, yeah. I've had my advisor for five years. Uh, Yeah. He called me a couple years ago. That's something you hear often, Um, especially on smaller accounts. You know, it's... uh, uh, for whatever reason, you know, it's just it's whether it's a stigma or it's just uh, the way they were taught, you know, some of the smaller accounts, you may never hear from your advisor. Um, I'd like to think that we're going to do a better job of that and maintaining that account and, and monitoring. That's what we're paid to do. And as Christ followers, we're working for the Lord, not for man. Yeah. But that's something that's something that if, if you were to ask, um, you know, what do you not like about your current investments or your current advisor? We'd like to know, you know, because it might be something that we're going to be the same way, <laughs> right? And we would just tell you, you might be better off staying where you're at. When you ask people, who do you want to spend more time with when you retire? What, what kind of things do they say? Dave? Who do you want to spend more time with? It's on the question list that you guys wow, gave me. pretty yeah. neat. <laughs> All of a sudden, Dave uh, fell asleep right in the middle of the conversation. Who do you want to spend more time hey, with? Hey, Pam, could you get why, out of bed why, earlier tonight, please? Why? I think he was analyzing my answer. Wow, well, yeah. really what, thinking what, about what, what, what's your, I was trying to cheat. What's your answer? <laughs> who do you want to spend more time with? And hopefully, where do you dream hopefully our spouse is, is number one on that list. Well, I'm thinking that. You're looking for, you know, are you going to want to travel? Are, you well, gonna, are your kids in other parts of the country? Are you going to go spend time with them? Here, oh, wait, here, wait. well, here that I'll, doesn't I'll, get back to the. Well, I'll answer. tell you. What I'll, did you have in mind? I'm going to butt in real quick. The, <laughs> it's my show. Um, no, 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 pretty sure it's I work for him. <laughs> you can so, get your own show. 1380s right. always got a spot open. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate you very much. I work for him. I love you. Um, you know, but when you're talking about some, that's an important question. You know, what are you going to do with your time in retirement? You know, what do people initially think of? I'm going to sleep in, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to spend time with my spouse more. All those things get old in three months. There's a book out. Uh, I don't, Spending time with your spouse gets old in three months? Well, Dana, he, don't take offense to that. It's not <laughs> what he meant. There's a book about it. I, I didn't write the book. Don't wait for the movie. There's a book about it. But it's about how are you going to spend your time in retirement? That should be a part of your plan. You know, so I've asked, I've asked some people that are nearing re- retirement, you know, what do you, what's your plan? What's your plan? And in some of the answers are, I want to spend more time in the church. I want to be able to, to, to help. I don't know. Maybe I'll do something in the choir, you know, but, but using your gifts in retirement should be a part of your retirement plan. So you have a plan. You're so not, what would your answer be? Who do you want to spend more mine? time? Yeah. I, I'm like too young. I'm too young. <laughs> I, Cause I, you know, too young for a. He's too, young young to, he's too young to Here, overcome. Too young no, for a trust. Here's what I would like. You, you do have life insurance, right? Yes. Okay. Here, here's what I would. Here's what I would. I would hope that I would do. Okay. Um, I would hope that I would be more involved and have more time to maybe mentor. Um, I love baseball. 
You know, I, I feel like I'm a I, I'm a great mentor for for younger kids. I think when they get a little older, there's probably some people that are better with you know the skills. But that seven to ten age group, you know, whether it's doing missions locally with kids um, or abroad or whatever it may be, I would hope that I would spend my time doing something like that in retirement. What are you going to do in retirement, Dave? <laughs> retirement. I love my work. As far as as, as long as I'm able to uh, to do what I'm doing, working, and that may include golf once or twice a week, but that comes under the, the guise of work in in our situation. Um, I love to get to know my clients on the golf course. So. <laughs> So yeah, that's let's, good. I love, yeah, so let's get it hours, done before it gets hot. Yeah, you have four hours of undivided attention. I think that's, it, it, it's, it's a great. It is. It's a great thing to do. All it's right, a, we're having a conversation today with Luke and Dave from Beller Wealth Management as we're talking about questions you should ask your financial advisor, and they should be asking you. Because if your financial advisor says, "Hey, get me copies of your statements, and and we'll take care of transferring that over to us." That's not a conversation we're talking about. They need to know who you are. They need to have an understanding of who you are from your very core, which is why I say they should be a Christ follower because they need to be able to understand your faith in Christ. Because if you've got an eternal perspective and understand that Jesus is now your Lord, it should impact your investment decisions and it should invest impact your retirement decisions because God didn't give you all this money so you could play golf four times a week in retirement. He gave you... <laughs> Two times a week is probably okay, but it, it didn't. He gave you this money for you to impact the kingdom. Now you may be discipling and mentoring people on the golf course. That's fantastic, but if that's not what you're doing, what's the point? I mean, golf is just a good walk spoiled, right, Dave? <laughs> no, golf is a great sport. It's it's one of the most demanding sports out there. But one of the things that you said, I'd like to like to just okay, uh, go ahead. Just put in is um, you know. A misconception is that you need a lot of money to have a financial advisor. Yep. And um, you know, I've had people say that before. Hey, I don't have a million dollars. I, you know, I can't come see you. But, but the opposite is also true. Perhaps the people without a large amount of money put away need us more than anybody. They, they need to start planning and start putting away and start saving for that future so they will have, have those finances when they retire or when they want to do God's work and, and the money's available for them. Well, the so, good, good news is you got a lot of flexibility in retirement to do things. And if you can literally do a ministry on a golf course, more power to you. Yeah. I would just tell you that God gave you this life and every day you've been given is to be used intentionally to make an impact on the kingdom. So don't waste your time. So the got, question, Luke, how much money do you need to open an account with us? Next, That'll be the next conversation oh, as we man. come to the end of another I Work For Him show here today with Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke, but not Randy. He's back at the fort. Somebody's got to do some work. You can find out all about these guys online at Bel Air Wealth Management, belairwealthmanagement.com. That's right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks so much to Jose. He wasn't here today, but Ace did a great job. Jose ate all the uh, the cake pops yesterday, so that's what that what happened. Hey, what did you learn today about how you should approach your financial investments, how you should handle the money that God's given you, and how can that impact the kingdom? You know, every day is a gift from God. And we learned today that our faith absolutely should be impacting how we invest, how we prepare for retirement, how we prepare for our future, how we prepare to, to provide for our families if, we're, if we die. And we're going to die. Two things that are guaranteed. 
death and taxes. And sometimes they happen at exactly the same time. But keep in mind, the money that you've been given, you've been given as a gift, as a steward of the money that God has given you. How are you handling it? And let me tell you, you'll be given opportunities. If you handle this in a godly fashion, you'll be given an opportunity to share your faith with how you handle your money. It impacts it all the time. People want a solution. They want hope. And money demands so much from them. It's a very demanding God in people's lives. Hey, congratulations out there to Andrea and Rob, who will be wedded at 6.30 tonight. Congratulations, you two lovebirds. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. Yeah.